everybody, and welcome to episode number 7 of the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, and as always, I'm joined by the two coolest people in the Zelda community, Taylor Wells and Savannah Galt. How are you guys? Pretty darn good. Pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. We've got a good show for you guys today. We're going to talk a little bit about the timeline and why it's so precious to people. We're going to talk a little bit about what we want to see in the next Zelda game and in accordance to where Link grows up, a little bit about his past, a little bit about his weapons. But first, we're going to dive into a little bit of a touchy subject with uh, with Zelda fans. Would you say, Taylor? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting topic to be sure. Can be a little dividing. Can you know provoke provoke some decent thought and decent debate. I would say. So we're going to talk a lot about Zelda remakes. Uh, let's Remakes. yeah. Let's start with first. What do we think about them? Do we like them? So here's where I think people get really twisted about Zelda remakes, in that there is a there is a uh, a misconception, maybe a perception. I don't know what's the more appropriate word to use, but there's a perception that when you dedicate time to a Zelda remake, your taking that time away from producing a new Zelda game. So, is that the case? Is it not the case? I don't really think so. I think I think that one is not uh, one does not go in hand with the other. Um, so, my answer would be like, yeah, I love playing Zelda remakes. Um, anything that can improve and streamline the older games, uh, I'm all for. So, I get where I get where some people are coming from, and I've, I've you know, I've said this myself too, where it's like, you know, I don't want another remake of this game. I just want a new Zelda game. So I get why some people don't like remakes, but uh, on the whole, I'd say that I'm I'm down with them to an extent. Seems yeah, reasonable. I am too. I mean, because a lot of the times with the remakes, a lot of the times they're able to kind of fix a few things that maybe didn't work in the originals very well. Um, plus, I mean, I think it's kind of nice to actually go back into those old remakes and almost get to feel all that nostalgia all over again. So mm-hmm. I've always really enjoyed them, personally. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with them. Makes sense, makes sense. Uh, might there's also, like... Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, so there's also, like, a remake, and then there's, like, a... Remastered. Let's just say, like, a like a remastered, like, like let's just say, like, Metroid Samus Returns compared to Metroid 2. So I think when you're talking about remakes like that, like, like, like that's not even in the same ballpark. So if you're completely redoing a game from the ground up, or like how the Final Fantasy VII remake is shaping up, then that almost doesn't even fall in the category of remakes for me. And I'm like, I'm so for those kind of remakes. Wait, what about Final Fantasy VII doesn't make it a remake for you? Um... I like. I guess to clarify, like, yes, it obviously is a remake. It has the same story. It has the same character setting. But um, so when you when you have something like a reworked engine from the ground up, when you have something like a completely like new graphics engine from the ground up, instead of just like kind of tweaking it to make it HD, that kind of puts it in the category of like almost like not a remake, but just something almost completely new. Right, but in that case, it really is a remake as opposed to being a remaster. Because with remasters, it's, uh, it's just yeah. a graphical update. They don't really change anything in the game, whereas a remake is something where they go in, they fix things, change things, or completely even even completely alter some things. And Final Fantasy VII fits that to a T. Yeah, well, then, I, yeah, I would agree. Um, in that in that definition, then. I'm all for remakes, remasters, a little bit touchy. Um, for the most part, I like them. Like, I'm really excited for the Luigi's Mansion remake that's coming out on 3DS. Yeah, that looks uh, really exciting, actually. Because I thought the original one was, like, really cool. It's a hidden gem on the uh, on the Nintendo GameCube. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, I'm a huge fan of Zelda remakes. Uh, going back to what you said, actually, Andy, in how some people are of the opinion that uh, Nintendo drifts its focus from making new Zelda titles when they do remakes. And it's 
you're absolutely right is a common misconception uh, because Nintendo actually kind of divvies that work to a separate design team. There's a primary Zelda design team that works on new titles and things like that. And then there's a secondary team that usually works on the ports, or at least they did when it came to uh, Ocarina of Time 3D and Majora's Mask 3D. So I'm a huge fan of Zelda. Uh, I'm pretty sure that a different uh, different team worked on Twilight Princess too. I yeah, I think so as well. Um, but I didn't follow I didn't follow the design process of that as closely. Um, I really enjoyed playing it. It was it was a lot of fun playing mm-hmm. Twilight Princess HD. Well, they sprung that one pretty quickly, I think too, wasn't it? Uh, it was, I think it was like a year like, or two years. I don't, I don't even know if it was that much because it, it came out in 2016. It's kind of like a uh, a holdover for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And. I think they announced it at like a Nintendo Direct or something like that, like maybe in September, and the game came out in May, something along those lines. Yeah, but I think it was in actual development for some time before that. But yeah, you're. Oh yeah, yeah. I just mean like between the time that they announced it versus, so you didn't have a lot of chance to like kind of get acquainted with the developmental process. Sure, sure. So with that in mind, which Zelda remake is your favorite, and why? I'll tell so you mine I right off the bat. Mine is Majora's okay, Mask. Okay, you go ahead. Majora's Mask 3D is, and this it might be a little bit biased because I'm currently playing the crap out of it right now. But uh, <laughs> it, it like, I, it gets a lot of flack for some of the changes it made. But I think overall, like, it's just such a such an improved version of the original. Uh, the Bomber's Notebook is one of the biggest changes to the game, and where you can. You can track things a lot better. It it gives you a lot more information that I had wished when I was playing Majora's Mask originally. Uh, it had mm-hmm. um, a lot of the timekeeping features uh, from like when you skip forward in time, you can actually choose like the placement of where you, where you go. It makes it a lot more intuitive, I think. Um, I understand the arguments against it, like, oh, well, you know, it's not as strategic anymore. Eh, I, I get that, but I don't think Majora's Mask was ever really focused on strategery, as opposed to uh, just being able to manage time. And Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. The, the, yeah. the, the only time I can think that I was just, like, kind of being strategic is when I was following Buddy to his uh, secret stone lair where he stole the mask. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get you. Yeah. You um, little chair. I thought the Bomber's Notebook was great. I can't... Although, like... So when I think of the 3DS games, I can't think of a whole lot else that Majora's Mask changed other than just implementing the Bomber's Notebook. I can think of a few that Ocarina changed, but so Bomber's what, am I, Notebook, what else am I missing? Uh, Bomber's Notebook, bosses... Every boss now has a weak point. Usually it's a, it's a giant eye somewhere on them. So, oh, that's right. For example, Odalwa has it right above his head, and it kind of changes the mechanics of the fight, fights a little bit. Yeah, um, that's right. Goat has it right in the middle of his spine, and you can only pop it out when you knock him down. Um, they also changed. They also changed how the Song of Time mechanic works when you're playing the Song of Double Time, and where you can now specify what hour you want to transport to, as opposed to before that's it would only right skip well. twelve hours. Um, they also changed the bird statues slightly. They move some around, and they uh, instead of hitting it with your sword, you know, just activate it by pressing A. Um, I, they changed a couple of other things that I'm not remembering off the top of my head, but I, I loved being able to pick what time you could go to when you played the song of double time. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, they also changed the location of some mask. Like, the stone mask is now found, I think, at the beginning of the, the uh, stone tower temple, as opposed to um, having to do a separate uh, separate quest to get it. Or I found later in the temple. I don't remember which off the top of my head. But it's it's now found a lot sooner. And also the fight with um, the fight with Twin Mold is, is different now when you use the stone giant mask. Uh, you better go ahead, Sav, because I'm still thinking about my favorite remake. I know, I'm kind of thinking of mine, too, still. Um, for me, I mean, it would be um, Ocarina of Time. And I I mean, it's been, it was a long time ago that I, I played the original on Nintendo 64. 
so it's kind of hard to pinpoint like what exactly has been changed. Um, for one, of course, the graphics were updated, and I really did like that. I thought that the gameplay, maybe it was just because I was young, and like I think I was eight or so, I had a hard time playing it. So playing it this time around on the 3DS just seemed a lot simpler, and kind of the mechanics were a little bit more um, easy to kind of maneuver and figure out. But, I think they streamlined a bunch of things really well. Yeah, they did. And I mean, they kind of, they made it pretty beginner friendly, I think, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people were actually really kind of angry with that. Like, like, oh my gosh, you totally changed the game around. And a lot of people bashed the 3DS version of it, I've heard. Quite a few people. Um, but for me personally, I liked it. I mean, it kind of made it not so stressful to play. And, but I mean, the thing that really stuck out the most for me was... Just the graphic change, but and I haven't it's I haven't gotten to play through the full 3DS one yet. But well, aside from the graphics, one of the biggest changes of Ocarina of Time 3D was its meant was its inventory system, which was oh my yeah, goodness, right. was that a yeah, they, they pretty much change. they pretty much changed everything nice. so that people would stop yeah. talking about the Water Temple like 20 <laughs> years later. Yeah, that's right. I know. I remembered when I first saw it. I was like, wait. I don't remember the inventory looking like this. What the heck? Yeah. All right. So Savannah, you're you're a couple years younger than me, Taylor. So you probably don't remember yeah. this this painful memory. Playing your Nintendo 64. You're in the Water Temple. Pause. Go over. Select your equipment. Change your boots. Steel boots instead of regular oh boots. Gosh, and back yes. and forth. Instead of just having it as a simple C button item, you had to go no, in I and totally pause every that. single time. I remember it that. It was. The worst, probably the worst <laughs> thing about Ocarina of Time. It was a damn nightmare, yeah. and and that was the other thing. Like so, a lot of Ocarina of Time was about quality of life changes. You could also say that about Majora's Mask as well, in terms of like your inventory, the way you equip things. You also have like four equipment slots instead of three now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I I definitely noticed it more in the Ocarina remake than I did in Majora's Mask. Yeah, because like, how because you're used to it how those then. quality of life. Yeah. But, um, yeah, such a huge change in between Nintendo 64 and GameCube, etc. remakes to... It almost makes me want to play the old, like the Nintendo 64, and then go up through the remakes and just play them. Right? You have a certain appreciation kind of for the mm-hmm. for the benefits. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember too, like, so when I was a kid and I was playing Ocarina of Time for the first time, um, and I was in the Water Temple, a temple that everyone complains is notoriously hard, uh, we got there, or I got there, and I was like, how the hell do you raise the water level and whatever? And I had no idea that you played Zelda's Lullaby at the corresponding spot. So, like, the 3DS version added in, I think, like, little pathways on the wall of glowing light that kind of showed, showed you, you colors that led you to the different levels. Yeah, so you yeah, knew like which that. one raised it to what level and where you had to kind of go. Yeah. So, I think that those changes were definitely um, user friendly, like, new new user friendly and i think that they they did a good job implementing those definitely quality of life in the remake was uh was better than in the original i can't say i like it as much as the original because i mean that's just like my jam but yeah the original is going to be the Um, original but for a remake of the original it definitely didn't do anything to make it worse in my eyes like oh no absolutely not yeah i would say that every single zelda remake um, in the last couple of years, so Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time has all been, you know, exceptionally well done. Um, but I wouldn't say that any of them are my favorites because it didn't fundamentally change the way that the game played out. I would say Link's Awakening DX is my favorite remake, um, okay. just for the simple fact that it adds it adds color, and with color, it feels like it just it brought life to that game. Like it, it felt. To me, like it felt playing that with color, like like this is the successor to a link to the past, like like this. I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's just like when you see, you know, when you see your animal buddies and, and stuff like that, or you see the the village where you know, or you see that scene where Marin and Link are on the beach. It's just it's such a great scene, and the color just brings it to life. Um, the way that the ocean looks, the way that the way that everything just plays out, it's it's just an it's an awesome feeling, and they didn't really change much in terms of how 
it played. In fact, I'm not sure that they changed anything except added in an extra dungeon. But um, just in terms of like bringing out an emotional response, I think that that game succeeds in a way where the other games can't because those other games were already like masterpieces and, and Link's Awakening was, you know, I, I don't know if I'd say masterpiece, but it was a very solid game. But um, with, uh, with the addition that, that uh, DX brought, I just thought it took it to another level. It's a great choice, honestly. Definitely, definitely one of one of my favorites for sure. So with that in mind as well, if Nintendo continues their trend of remakes, which they seem fond of doing so far in the past, you know, ten years or so, which one would we want to see next? Skyward Sword, baby. <laughs> Right. Skyward Sword. Give me that HD version of that game. Love Skyward Sword. It's one of my favorite Zeldas. Yeah. What, what more can you say? I I think that it would be so cool if that thing was on Switch and you could just take it oh, up and yeah. go. If they well, wanted to, could they could play even it for finally too, because I don't have a Wii, so I can't play it. So I'd be down for it being remastered or yeah. whatever and put on Switch. And hey, it would I'd be pretty happy. It would fix the number one issue people have with Skyward Sword. <laughs> and that controls. No, not even the motion col- controls. <laughs> it's about it's about Fi going, hey, your batteries are low. Oh yeah. <laughs> she won't ever have to say that line anymore. Instead she could be like Navi they in the three D remakes be like hey, in there, though. take a break. <laughs> right. And specifically, they, they could they tailor keep it to in Andy. there as like it borrow the uh, the insanity effect from Eternal Darkness and just have like like Figo like, hey, your batteries are low, psych, something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like you could also offer so you could offer if it was on the Switch, like a dual control system too, because you could take your Joy Cons and you know do the whole Wii Motion Plus Skyward Sword slashing, or. Ideally, you could just um, have a traditional control scheme for everybody that complained about how awful Skyward Sword's controls are, even though those people are crazy. Yeah, that, that I could think work. Skyward Sword. I would be down for that. But if, if Nintendo has told us anything, it's that we're going to have to wait another couple of years, because I think they're releasing... They've been releasing HD remasters 10 years after, so... I don't know, though, because... Like with with recent rumors going about, it seems that a remake is already in production. Whether it'll be released anytime soon or not is another question. What it'll be of, but it's if there is a remake, there's one thing that we absolutely need, and that is a Groose amiibo. Oh yes. Oh please. Set the Groose loose, please. I need it, and then, and then. With that announcement of a gru- of a Gru's amiibo, announced that he's coming to Smash. Mm. <laughs> yes. Mm, that'd be so good. A, a true mm. re- release the Gru's moment. So, Sav, what about you? I would go with Skyward Sword, honestly. Because, I mean, I haven't gotten to... <laughs> okay. Mainly because I just want it put on Switch so that I can actually play it, to be honest. Don't got a but... Wii U? No, I don't. Oh. And I'm a poor kid, so I can't go buy one. Sadness. So, what have you been playing Zelda on, for goodness sakes? Um, GameCube and my Switch? I mean, those are like, well, two of the Twilight better Princess systems. Was on Ga- yeah, Twilight Princess was on GameCube. So, um, that was Wind Waker, and so, so the only one that was really on Wii U that is not another console is Skyward Sword. So, Honestly, I think it would make more sense for Skyward Sword to be remastered or, you know, remade. Because, I mean, when you think about it, Ocarina of Time has been redone. Majora's Mask has been done. Um, Link's Awakening. I mean, there's quite a few that have already been done. So I feel like I get the feeling that eventually each game will have a remaster, I think. Can I can I cheat and throw in another quick answer? Sure, but only if you let me cheat I would love... Answer. <laughs> well, may, uh, you know what? Why don't you go ahead? Because your answer might be mine. Okay, so as much as I want a li- an, an a link to uh, sorry, a, uh, an, a link to the past re- that is a tough <laughs> sentence to say, ladies and gentlemen. A link to the past remaster. I feel like because we just got a link between worlds, what four years ago, five years ago, 
I feel we, uh, yeah yeah we it, it counts as a sequel it's set in the same world updated graphics I feel like we've pretty much gotten that I want a true Link's Awakening remaster because I don't count Link's Awakening DX as a remaster I count that more as like just a or sorry a remake uh, I don't count those as a remake I count it more more as a remaster so I want a full remake of Link's Awakening either like on the 3DS or on the <laughs> Switch or something like that just just give me that world because it was so vibrant it was so good and the story one of the darker ones in the series, and also just one of the better ones for being so early in the franchise and having that good of a, uh, a setup was was incredible. Hundred percent agree. So I yeah I I would say that if I was so, cheating I would say please give me a full blown Ocarina of Time remake on the Switch with like Breath of the Wild style kind of graphic ooh, graphical yes. implementation you know not. That would be not full like cell shaded stuff, but like that kind of 3D version of of Ocarina of Time on a full blown console. Mm, yeah, give it to me, baby. I, th- I think I put it <laughs> over like three like remakes of Ocarina of Time. Like we have the one great one. You know, the game is is what it is. One of the masterpieces, greatest of all time. But I'm okay with it as it is for now. Me too. Um, this was just this is just me in my fantasy world of you know. Yeah, in, in a fantasy world, obviously, I would, you know, I'd be drooling over that. But, so I'm going to cheat and just throw out two answers for you guys really quick, and then we'll move on. But, I would want, and it doesn't even have to be an updated graphical remake, I would want a remake of Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, put in normal controls, and my opinions of those Zelda games would just skyrocket. Skyrocket, because hiding under the motion controls in the in that game which it, it are great zelda games but it's just like the motion controls in those i you know i i can't i can't get past it doesn't make me want to replay them so phantom hourglass spirit tracks play them normally i'd be down for that i i'd give those games another shot if if that happened for sure Um, so for my topic that I was kind of thinking of for this week, um, I kind of piggybacked off of our, uh, the last podcast episode, gave me a little bit of inspiration on just a couple of the ideas. Um, so plus this kind of ties in kind of well with what we were previous talking about, um, for a future Zelda game. So not, you know, not a remake, whatever, a future one. What timeline timeline should it be put into, or should perhaps even a new one be put in? Like, which timeline do we kind of like the most, and would we like to get a little bit more like action in it? I'm highly biased, so I'd say child timeline. <laughs> You're always biased. Um, I'm highly biased, and we'll get to this a little bit later in the show about the timeline and my thoughts on it. So I want it before it's split into this three-timeline nonsense. So put it somewhere after Skyward Sword or after Minish Cap or something like that. That's what I would want. I think for me, probably... I mean, we've got quite a bit of the child era, so I think I'd kind of be more interested a little bit in the adult era. Quite a bit. We only Um, have three games in the child timeline. Four if you count Breath of the Wild. Well, yeah. Well, I mean... (laughs) Well, Looking at my official uh, official list here, in the adult timeline too, we've also got freshly picked Tingles Rosy Runder. <laughs> wow, Say that, that ten times again. fast. Tingles Rosy Rupeeland. Tingles Rosy Rupeeland. Don't don't forget about color changing Tingles Love Balloon Trip. Oh my God! Can we include <laughs> that, <laughs> please? Uh, so, and with the addition as well of Tingle's Balloon Fight and Four Swords Navi Tracker, which leads us to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in the adult timeline. Of course, okay, so since most of those games are, uh, maybe not what we'd call canon, I guess we can narrow it down to three. Yeah, so Child Timeline only has four if you count Breath of the Wild, and Downfall Timeline has five. I wouldn't count Breath of the Wild. Because we don't technically count. Oh, we know. 
I think I think that Breath of the Wild is like just its own thing. Um, so should we get a new game? Should it be kind of, and this is where I piggyback off of the previous episode, should it be more like an RPG game? Yes. So customization, etc. Yes. However, yeah. however, oh, yeah. comma, again, <laughs> I will point out that it, like, I don't mind Zelda as as an action adventure game, but I, I don't think either. I like it. But. but I think more RPG elements, like a la The Witcher, Mass Effect, uh, Skyrim, etc., would would fit just just fine. Oh yeah. No, I say no. Why? You can make it make it as RPG as Breath of the Wild was. Maybe, maybe, maybe introduce, you know, a little bit more variety into your dialogue options, but... And I mean, it wouldn't you know, go, I'm not talking like full RPG, but you know, just a little bit of like a... Well, you know, Breath there, of the a Wild le- was... A little bit of a leveling, leveling system, you know? No, 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 no. Get like that leveling it. system out of Zelda. You know what? No. The only thing I would ex- weren't you I would just arguing last episode for a right? more Zelda RPG <laughs> feel, especially okay, old let- school where it was all about <laughs> let me okay let me let me rephrase that if we're talking like a spin-off side game that is specifically an RPG if you're asking me if I'd ever like to see a full blown RPG yes a Zelda RPG yes if you're asking me if I want the next mainline Zelda game to introduce like leveling systems and you know other you know, you can you can customize Link's hair and whatever like that. No, get that out of here. No, um, I think that the strength of the weapon system in Breath of the Wild, where like your weapons had a certain power beside them, is as far as I ever want to see that go. And I would, you know, I like I I don't know if I'd ever want to see because yeah. I hated having certain items that I absolutely loved and it'd break and be like, well, now I have to go find another one. Hopefully. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, I don't like. I don't even know if I liked Breath of the Wild's weapon system, let alone I want to see like more customizing with that. Like, like I I want Link to. You know what I would be down for is Link to have like maybe you could customize the Master Sword and level up the Master Sword. You know, so that you could unlock new sword attacks, new combos. New, like you could do like a bunch of cool stuff with it. But like, if we're talking. You know, Breath of the Wild was so close to being Skyrim already, and that's as far as I wanted to go. Uh, Call me old-fashioned, but whatever. I don't know about that. I think it definitely it it borrowed a lot of aspects from Skyrim, but in execution, it kind of did not did not pull off the same feel. Well, it was it was still a Zelda game at heart, right? But like, I feel like if it if it has more RPG elements, will it be a Zelda game at heart? I think it tried to be a Zelda game at heart. Unfortunately, there were just I, I loved I loved the things that they introduced into it. I just wish that they had committed more and explored more of those options as opposed to kind of holding back. Which I think is, you know, in the new game, kind of where that would fall into play is that they would get to incorporate more of that stuff and not hold back so much. Yeah, I, I'm not saying, like, tur- turn it into a full-blown RPG if they did. No, That'd be either. interesting, but... Just add like certain little elements of it. Nothing too crazy or anything, but just just a few few different ones. Um, I I still stand by for a mainline entry Zelda game. Um, Breath of the Wild is like as RPG as I'd want to see it go. Um. So moving on, then uh, should there be further options of for living places in Hateno? So you know how in the house you have certain spots where you can put like a couple of your favorite weapons, shields, bows, etc. So the house would be more not so necessarily to decorate, but more of like a kind of an inventory place to store your favorite weapons, etc. Can we turn like his house into a Harvest Moon situation where <laughs> yeah. you know, okay. po- post story? So down for that. <laughs> can, can, can you imagine though? Like, like you beat yes. Breath of the Wild, and then all of a sudden Link becomes a farmer in Hateno <laughs> Village, and you just go out and you farm crops, and then you have both a Zelda oh. and a Harvest Moon game at the same time, and it's like three yes. times as long. Be, I would be so down for that, to be honest. Like, oh I, man. I thought like decorating the house with weapons and shields that. was like one of the best parts. It definitely was, I, like, but I, I think I, there should have been more to it. You could have decorated even more. I, yeah. yeah. 
I was mad there wasn't more to it, and I was honestly really hoping that some of the DLC was really hoping they would kind of expand on that. I was really mad they did. Well, like, no, I want more. They kind of did. You gotta, you gotta put out the champion selfie in there. That's true. Uh, that's true. I think, like, when, um, yeah, when I was be, building the house, though. I got super excited. I was just like, oh, yeah, right. this is awesome. And then we get the house, I'm like, decorated. wait, I get to put six shields and swords up, and that's it? <laughs> what? I don't even get to, get to decide where the bed goes. Right? Come on. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm contradicting myself. I know I just said that I didn't want a whole bunch of customization, but I feel like this is kind of different. So, I like, I thought it was pretty cool that you could, like, decorate your own... Um, your own house or whatever. It's kind of like when Pokemon introduced your little secret caves and you yeah. deck it out with all your Pokemon stuff. So yeah, I'd, I'd be totally down for more of that. Yeah, I would, I would, oh man. You wouldn't be able to get me to stop playing that game. You and like the rest of the Zelda fan base, like, it's just... This is true. And that kind of surprises me. I'm always like, I always think people are going to be like, no, it, that's dumb, it's not Harvest Moon, so don't make it like that. But there's a lot of people that are actually like, yes, please, please add this. Well, I, like, I, I wouldn't, you know, milking Hylian cows doesn't interest me, but... No. I <laughs> but how that, else are you going to get that milk decorating, like, bottle. your living space is cool. <laughs> well, that's what the ranchers are for, man. Uh, well, you can't rely on Madeline for everything, Andy. <laughs> or can I? Uh, whoa. Obviously, I can't because the ranch is. Uh, we'll save free. that for the romance episode of the Champions Cast. Right. That's right. Um. So then, next would be: Should new weapons be introduced? Of course, we would always keep um, the Master Sword, Hylian Shield, etc. Um, Nine. But should there be something new? Negative. Personally, I don't you think know, so either. I think Breath of the Wild. I think they did a great job in incorporating new weapons. So I have a combo they answer. Kept a lot of it. I would say I enjoyed the fact that you had the option to choose kind of like what weapons you like to use in Breath of the Wild. Um, I definitely think that the Master Sword needs to be ever present in in the series. Oh, yeah. The focus. I agree. Yeah. But you, that that I miss I miss just having items. Huh? Like I I miss having your sword and having items and then like that's. That's enough for me. It was it was too much in Breath of the Wild, and like, you know, your stuff just broke all the time, and it it was just like, ugh. Yeah, I, you know, I the Master Sword was would crap out. It wasn't even that powerful. I think I err on that yeah, side I too. I, I would say if, if I had the choice between the two systems, I would definitely go with old school Zelda, having sword and shield and items as opposed to oh you can wield anything you want, but. <laughs> Guess what? Mm -hmm. In two or three hits, you're finding a different weapon. Yeah. Well, it makes yeah, you not right. even want to use your best weapon. Exactly. Is... You just become yeah. a hoarder. Yeah. Zelda teaches you how to be a hoarder. <laughs> yes. Um. So then, which kind of brings me into the next one um, for a new game. Should there be a new villain in it? Should we kind of steer away from Ganondorf a little bit? And bring in somebody new, or should we just kind of stick with who we've had? So I agree. Personally, I, I would go for somebody new. It, it depends what the story is. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of like a little bit of your next point about, you know, what the kind of relationship it should focus on between the main characters and uh, and what like what kind of roles you want everyone to have. You floated the idea before in the past where like. Link kind of comes up with someone and maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe something goes wrong and they kind of have like the whole, you know, falling out or whatever. And, uh, and so that ends up the main villain. Like, like maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we could have a new villain. Maybe it could be the origin story, so to say, of like Dark Link or something like that. And you find out there's an actual person behind, behind Dark Link rather than just like some incantation. Um, so it, like, I, like I'm always I'm always down for new villains. I I think that uh, that Ganon especially is very old hat. So um, well, yeah, I, I'd be fine for that, and I'd be fine for exploring like you know Link's past and his relationships. Like I, I I'm basically all for examining things in a different way. Yeah, uh, I I got a foot in both camps here. Um, I think that Zelda definitely has it's rote villains so to speak and that 
they tend to be or tend to err on the boring side as of recent but i don't think zelda should or could ever get rid of ganon as as a main villain i think he's he's a he's too iconic B, he's too much of an interesting villain when you actually start delving into who and what he is and what he wants to do and accomplish that it's it makes it difficult because like there's a part of me that's always like I want to know more about this guy he's always a badass when he shows up but you know we we defeat him and you know he's gotten bits and pieces of what his motivations are but I I, I always want more I'm always felt I've always, I'm always left feeling like there, there needs to be more of that. So maybe in the next game, yeah, we introduce a new villain, but don't ever get rid of Ganondorf. Oh, no. And Ganondorf needs to stay there. I mean, he's that would be like doing away with Link or Zelda, you know? It would just be kind of weird. Would it, though? Would it? Yeah. 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 You know, we're, we are going to do an episode about this. I promise you guys out there, but Link... Zelda and Demise are the three people that started it all. Ganondorf came in later. Just saying. I mean, if Ganondorf kind of, like, turned turned into Demise or whatever, um, or you find Demise behind him kind of thing, then that would make more sense. I'm a huge proponent of that. I'm a huge proponent. Demise to take control of that and then kind of focus into being... Frankly, I thought that's what Calamity Ganon was going to do. It, I, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of us did. I I was hoping. I was disappointed when he didn't. Yeah, I no, I I definitely think like Ganondorf and Demise. There needs to be a game in where either Demise reacquires Ganondorf and becomes whole again, and becomes kind of like the new Ganondorf and the better Ganondorf. Yeah, I, that would be great. There's gotta be. I feel like. All right, Savannah. Yeah. Let me go right back to the beginning and change my answer. But what I want at a timeline game. I want a game that is unequivocally the last game in the timeline. In every timeline, it brings all of them back together. Demise comes back. Jirahim is back. You see, you see Fee come out of the sword. You see Zelda. You see, like it's just it's a culmination of everything. It's it's the ultimate battle. Um, and and it it ends. And you can still have all the other games that take place in between there. But this is like. This is the end game. I just heard nine different mispronunciations and I can't stand you. Alright. Piggybacking off what Savannah said, what her topic is. Piggybacking off of our conversation earlier. I'm going to talk about the Zelda timeline. As we all know, the Zelda timeline is a extremely contentious topic among the Zelda faithful. Um, it splits off into three different paths. It's, dare I say, extremely convoluted. It, dare I say, doesn't matter. So my question to you guys is, why do Zelda fans, why do we care so much about the timeline? And this is coming from me, a guy who, you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter to me it's kind of neat but at the same time it, it just it doesn't matter to me that much but i know that it just means so much to some other you know so many other fans and i want to get your guys's take on why that is it doesn't necessarily so much mean so much for me i think it's interesting and it kind of opens up more stories and gameplay kind of thing on where they can take their stories so they don't have to be um stuck and bogged down with one kind of, you know, way for the game to go, one timeline. I think it kind of opens opens things up for different possibilities. And so I, I like having all the new, the different timelines. It keeps it interesting, in my opinion. The timeline... But you wouldn't necessarily need them. Yeah, the timeline issue is always an interesting one. I think... I think Zelda fans, at heart enjoyed the idea of a timeline concept and, and and that, you know, all these games could be linked together if you looked hard enough or if you paid attention enough to different details. And I think that there were always the fundamental 
basics of a timeline in mind if they wanted to implement one, but because the execution was so... I, wa I don't want to say sloppily done, but like the, the way it, it came about, it, it was not... It probably was not handled the best way. And so that kind of soured people's reactions to it, and so it became this whole convoluted nonsense that. See, to me, it's to... just weird that there is a separate timeline where the hero is defeated. Why? Well, I never lost to no Green of Time. Why though? Like it's it. I it, it makes sense to me. I I could I could see it. I I just think it because it, it's weird to me because. So you're you're telling me. Like Zelda at its core is a series about good triumphing evil evil. But this this game, this timeline, has told you that evil is triumphed good. And, and so I don't believe to me, that at all. that's just like I don't believe that at all. But it's right there. The hero is defeated. Yeah, uh, no, maybe the long Sorry. in the long term, no, evil did not defeat good. No, that's that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I did not mean I can't see see the downfall happening. What I mean is I I don't see Zelda as a series all about good triumphing triumphing over evil. To me, Zelda has always been a series about um, overcoming tr uh, struggle and mm -hmm. and moving moving through life and experiencing the adventure that all of life has yeah. to offer and sometimes and a part of that is failing and i think that the concept of link being able to be defeated was something that i think more people needed to have been able to consider like it ha it's it more relatable yeah absolutely like link can fall but it doesn't mean it's the end because we still yeah. we still see him succeed in the Link to the Past and the Oracle games, Link's Awakening, etc. Although Link's Awakening, you could argue nobody won out on that one, but <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I I don't I don't fundamentally believe that Zelda is all about good triumphing over evil. It's about life and it's about being able to overcome struggle, certainly, and living living life out. But it's about the adventure. It's about the road, the journey. I guess, I guess, like in the journey, more often than not, the journey takes you to good overcoming uh, evil. But, th but that's a great answer to you. That that was a really great answer. Um, so even just getting to the, the the straight up logistics of the timeline, the series is called the Legend of Zelda. Legends are kind of fabricated. Legends are altered over time. They are. They're not meant to be, you know, an exact historical details, which is why I guess for me, the timeline, you know, when there's references to stuff, I can just, in my mind, I just picture some guy in a in a Witcher 3 pub telling a story about Link to some other guy, right? And so when they're throwing references in like the like different races or different monuments or something like that to me, it's very easy to brush off, but it just seems like the and and it's not a knock on anyone that does this but it seems like there's a, a good portion of fans that just kind of cling to to everything about that and I've always been like almost envious in a way of, of like how enthusiastic some people are about all those uh, different homages in the games because you know try as I might I, I get excited about the Zelda games but it's just like uh, you know the timeline has never mattered to me and the only thing like that's ever really excited me in a game was seeing the very very first timeline which was a cre the skyward sword where the master sword is created okay i yeah um i think with the legend with the definition of legend uh nintendo i think was definitely going along that route to begin with they were they started off with that idea and were probably going to continue that for some time but when games like a link to the past started coming out and then Link's Awakening and, and uh, Ocarina of Time it I think it became a little bit harder for them to do that because they started connecting all of these games to one another in, some in large and direct ways for example if people remember like the running theory at the time was that A Link to the Past uh, told the story of Ocarina of Time and the Sealing War and Imprisoning War it wasn't until later we found out that that happens supposedly after but like I think I think it kind of evolved as an idea that 
yes, it's a legend, but it's it's beyond that now. You know what I mean? I don't disagree. Um, it's just it's always it's always been a fascinating subject for me. Um, so, like, at, at what point did, did you know? Were you guys just like, like, man, I'm like, you know, I'm really into the into the timeline theory. Like for Breath of the Wild, for example, like, like I'm really into like trying to, to pick apart these clues and puzzles and stuff like that. Like, at what point did the Zelda timeline start meaning something to you, if it ever has? That's a, that's a good question. I think... I'm, try, I'm trying to remember as far back as I can. Because, uh, I, like I said in the first episode, I've been involved with the Zelda series since before I can even remember. I was four years old when I played my first Zelda game. I think... Um, I don't think I really ever considered the, the full aspect of timelines, things like that probably until I was around 10, which was about Majora's Mask, when Majora's Mask came out. But I do remember that when Ocarina, when I was playing Ocarina of Time, the whole concept of time travel was really interesting to me. And I was always a kid who was interested in, in space and, and the universe and how you know time as an actual function worked. Obviously, I didn't really understand any of those concepts until later, but I, th- I think... I, I'm not super heavily invested in the timeline, if only because I saw the way that it was executed. I was like, okay, I can see why those things happened, and I can see why they ordered it the way they did. But it, I think nowadays I'm more interested in the concepts of how they execute time travel and how they execute those those timeline ideas in the actual games as opposed to the timeline as a whole. I think the one of the interesting things about the timeline is that they... They essentially tried to give the fans something that they wanted for the longest time. And so I think if we look past the fact that it may not be exactly how we saw it as younger children or younger adults, you know, whenever you got involved in the series, it, you know, if you if you try and look at it, I guess, with more of an open mind and try not to be so focused on like the most minute of details, you can enjoy it. And you can kind of get in, get in it, and, and behind it. Um, but I also had that one friend when I when I was younger who was a huge proponent of the, of the legend thing, where none of them are connected. They're just they're all legends, and they they have these small references for fun. Um, but I, see, that's more so where I'm at. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't I don't think. Um, right. If you like the timeline, you like the timeline. Like this... If you like the Legends idea, you like the Legends idea. It works for everybody, honestly. This is kind of my theory, and it's kind of like a cold, distant theory. But, uh, like, I feel like Zelda fans, like, we as Zelda fans like puzzles. And the timeline, I think, was a puzzle for a lot of people that maybe, you know, you weren't getting Zelda games every year back in the day. So it was something for them to keep busy with or keep keep the the spirit of Zelda alive in between games. Always a point of contention kind of thing. Yeah, and and I think I think that people like putting the puzzle together more than they actually liked having like Nintendo spell out this official timeline for us. Right. Um, Would be my my running theory on it, but I I could agree with that. It's been you know I've always been like not a huge proponent of the timeline. It's not my favorite Zelda subject to cover. I do... I, I find it fascinating, but more so in the sense of how other people find it fascinating, rather than I find the timeline fascinating itself. And that just may, might be because I'm like a Zelda in the real world kind of guy versus a lore kind of guy. But um, it's definitely... It, 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 you brought it to my attention this week, Taylor, when we were chatting, and it was something that I wanted to kind of explore and, and get my feelings out for and just talk about, you know, what it is about the timeline that I like, don't like, um, etc., etc. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Certainly. Thank you. I mean, I'm glad that we got to explore it. Because, I, I mean, as a Zelda fan, I'm always interested in hearing what other Zelda fans think about these kinds of things. And we're all we're all different people. We all have different opinions on, on various matters. And timeline, I think, if you take it lightly, can be a fun, fun topic of discussion. And, you know, whether you're into it or not, it's it's something that is fun as a concept. Not Maybe not necessarily an execution, but 
you know, it's, uh, it doesn't have to be the end-all be-all for things. So I think just wrapping this up, the question that is on everybody's mind, the question that needs to be answered by you guys in uh, five seconds or less is what timeline is the Legend of Zelda animated series in? Go. Ooh. Uh, downfall. If, absolutely. If you're that desperate, you got to be in the downfall. <laughs> absolutely. Those were dark times, my friend. All right. So that about does it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to the Champions Cast. Um, cool, cool guest for next week. I hope that you guys are going to come back. We've got Captain Dangerous on the show. You might know her from her Instagram work. She uh, she photographs all those Nendoroids. Jesus. Nendroids, um, Champions Cast fans, I want you to keep a running tally of how many times I mess up the pronunciation next week of Nendroids. And every he- time Did he I does, right? Savannah and I will be taking Take tequila time. shots. Yes. Yes. So yeah. So basically, we're going to die at about the ten-minute mark. Um, so Captain Dangerous is going to be here. It's going to be a great time. She's a big Nintendo fan, uh, big Zelda fan. You know, she's a big Curvy fr- fan, but we still like her. Um, so she's going to be on talking about her work, talking about Zelda. It's going to be awesome. Um, so we hope that you come back next week and check it out. So thank you once again for listening to the Champions Cast. Don't forget to head over to iTunes and subscribe and to Podbean and subscribe where you can download the latest episodes as well. And as always, we are listening to any other platform that you guys want to listen to the Champions Cast on. With that being said, for Savannah, for Taylor... This is Andy. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week.